0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My friends, today we celebrate a day that would literally change everything. Would change everything. A day that the promise of God, that God promised throughout so many prophecies in the Old Testament that would come. A day that would enable the absolute transformation and salvation of the human person and the human soul indeed make a way for the salvation of the world. And by what would happen on this day the world literally would never be the same from this day forward because today we celebrate the day of Pentecost. Let's remember what happened on that day. On the day of Pentecost the disciples had been doing precisely what Jesus had asked them to do at His ascension. For when He ascended into heaven, He told them, Go back into Jerusalem and tarry there. And then I will send you power from on high. So what did they do? They went back to Jerusalem and they found themselves, themselves a room close to the holy temple in Jerusalem. And there they would remain in prayer from the ascension until this very day of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost had come... The Lord fulfilled his promise by pouring out his Holy Spirit, one of the persons of the Trinity, right into that room. With the sound of a mighty rushing wind in that room, think tornado, think hurricane. I've I've been through hurricanes (laughs) and such, I know this sound. It is mighty, it is frightening in a way, but it was present. And the Lord sent the Holy Spirit and you see it described in the second chapter of Acts as tongues of fire descended and lighted upon each disciple's head. They went out in that moment into the streets speaking languages that they could have never spoken, that they could have never known. And what were they doing? They were testifying boldly to the absolute life and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. On this day of Pentecost, they received what Jesus said, power from on high. Power, grace, dynamis in the Greek. But power and grace for what? They received power and grace for their own salvation. They received power and grace for the mighty working of God within their own souls. For they were now united to the Holy Trinity, that they might become partakers of His divine nature every day of their lives. And through the partaking of that divine nature, power to grow in that nature, to become like God as God had first created them to be before the fall. Well, they also received power. To become the actual continuing ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. And we hear our Lord say this in the Gospel of St. John in chapter 14. Mark these words because he's talking about us. Jesus said most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. There are times I say that I have to stop because I know the mighty works of God through Jesus Christ for the salvation of man out of his great love and compassion that we see in the Gospels. And Jesus is saying, the works that I do, the one who believes in me, the one who receives power from on high, he will do these very same things. And he even goes on to say, and greater works than these he he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. When Jesus Christ ministered upon the earth, the Father was glorified in the Son. And now the Son, the Father and the Son, we have the Holy Spirit given. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, now the Father may be glorified in the Son through who? You. And through me. Why? Because when we receive the Holy Spirit, we are engrafted into the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is not just some clever language to describe some relationship with God. It is a literal description. Jesus Christ had a body when He walked the earth. And through Him, salvation came. The Holy Church of God has become the body of Christ. The physicality of Jesus. That by the Holy Spirit, through which, by His choice, He chooses to extend salvation to the world. And all of the disciples that day, as I said, being filled with the Word of God, Jesus Christ, they get the gift of tongues is what we're talking about. And that gift of tongues, what was it? The gift of languages. They spoke languages they had never spoken or known before. Why is it that when they receive the Holy Spirit on this day, they receive the gift of tongues, the gift of languages? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus had need of it. Because Jesus knows how and when to reveal himself to, his, to people, to draw them into his kingdom. And on the day of Pentecost, don't forget what's going on in Jerusalem. Jerusalem would have been jam-packed. Because on the day of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost was a Hebrew major feast day of celebration where all of the Jews of the dispersion, all around the known world, they would all converge in Jerusalem, coming from all different cultures and speaking all different languages. The streets would have been filled with them to celebrate Pentecost. So, what does Jesus do to reveal himself to all of those cultures, to all of those languages? He gifts his people, the disciples, with the Holy Spirit and gives them the gift to communicate in all of those different languages that he might flesh himself out through those disciples that day, that all there might hear and all might have an opportunity to also receive the Holy Spirit to be engrafted into the church and become the body of Christ. And people question. The disciples, what in the world is going on? They're speaking in all of these different languages. Some of them presume the disciples to be drunk because they were filled with the joy of Christ, of the risen Christ. And here they are babbling all these different languages and it would seem like confusion and yet it's in such harmony and people are questioning what is going on. And so St. Peter, filled with that same Holy Spirit, our blessed patron saint would proclaim boldly that day the gospel of Jesus Christ, all that He had done, and salvation made available to all. And what would be the result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of Christ through frail flesh and blood? The result that day is that 3,000 would be baptized into Christ. And filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact we're told in the second chapter of Acts in verse 41. Then those who gladly received St. Peter's word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. What Jesus proclaims will happen, happens. They began to do the same miracles, the same works of salvation as our Lord Jesus Christ. Frail and faulty humans, just like you and I, are filled with the Holy Spirit that day. Joined to the Holy Trinity that day. And only because of that union. Only because of the union between Christ now with His people. That through them, in all of their weakness, could come the salvation of God for many. And how would this come? 3,000 were what? Baptized. Baptized. And I believe it's very appropriate on this day. When we are baptizing for and chrismating all 15 into Christ's holy church and the fullness of his kingdom. That we be reminded of what God is doing in the sacrament of baptism. For it's been revealed to his church from the very earliest of stages. I want to offer you some thoughts. Why? Number one, to encourage those who are being baptized today and chrismated in what God is doing them. But more than that, so that you and I remember what God has done for us that we might fan the blessed flame of the gift that we have been given. So let's talk about baptism for a moment, for a few moments. First and foremost, God has always been the one who designs and establishes and makes covenant with his people and God is the God that voices the means by which covenant by which we come into that covenant. In the Old Testament, what was the means by which they came into the covenant? Circumcision. The cleansing was a cleansing of flesh. By circumcision people were brought into the covenant of God. And in the new covenant, God has established a means by which for people to come in and it is baptism. Listen to the words of St. Paul from Colossians in chapter 2. Now, St. Paul, please remember this. He was trained by one of the greatest covenant and law of God Hebrew minds of that time, a man named Gamaliel. If there is any of the apostles who understood covenant and God's covenant and how he establishes it, it would be St. Paul. St. Paul in Colossians 2 says this. Listen to what he says about baptism. I start in verse 11. In Christ, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. He's using Old Testament, Old Covenant language to show us. And how is it that we are circumcised where our sins, our flesh, is put away by Christ, our great high priest? He tells you in the next verse, buried with him in baptism, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Our Lord God is bringing you into covenant, into union as he shares his Holy Spirit with you so that you might share in every blessed thing of his kingdom. And all for your joy and for your salvation. We come into covenant by baptism. And I want to speak about the action of God on man's behalf in the waters of baptism. And I'm going to mention the four that the church teaches. The first is this. Through the waters of baptism, your enemy is thrown down. Your enemy is cast down. He has commanded Satan and all of the demonic are commanded to release you from the captivity of the fall into freedom in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we call these the exorcism prayers of the baptism. Exorcism, not only for possession, certainly for possession, but exorcism is also for oppression. Just like Moses was told by God to go to Pharaoh and command this command, Pharaoh, let my people go. So it is that through the waters of baptism, the voice of Christ commands Satan and all of the demons to let this beloved new child of mine go. Through the blessed water of baptism, God does for us what he did for his Hebrew people as he led them out of that captivity and bondage in Egypt and through the Red Sea. Remember, part of the Red Sea, the people passed through what? Waters to get to their freedom. And then when all of Pharaoh's army, the might of Pharaoh, entered into those waters pursuing them, God closed them upon them and drowned them and did completely away with those that would seek to bring death to His people. And so, St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, I'll let you read that, he likens baptism, he says that that washing away of Pharaoh's armies through the Red Sea was a prefiguring Of what God will do in baptism for us he cast down our enemy secondly all of our past sins up to that point every last one of them are washed from us we are washed clean in the waters of baptism st. Peter tells us this when he preached boldly on the second chapter of Acts on the day of Pentecost listen people were saying Hearing and experiencing Jesus Christ through the disciples. They had a question. Their question was what must we do? Having heard this. What must we do? And Peter said. Listen to what he said. He said. Repent and let every one of you be baptized. For the remission of your sins. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. That word remission means. For the forgiveness of. For the deliverance from the sins and all the damage that they've done. And so that you are set at liberty from bondage. Through baptism, our sins are washed away. And we, where our sins were red as scarlet, the prophet Isaiah says, are now white as snow through baptism. Thirdly, through baptism... We experience the regeneration power of the resurrection in our Lord Jesus Christ. We go in and we come out made entirely new, fashioned, completely different into the person that was truly created Adam and Eve. Not those of the results of the fall, but the redeemed of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. And that word regeneration is so important. We are given life and true life. St. Paul writes in Titus these words. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Through the washing. That word in the Greek literally is through the immersion. The baptism We are regenerated and renewed. And finally, as if none of those are beautiful and incredible, one of the most beautiful to me to top it all off, is what we see demonstrated in Christ's baptism. When Jesus went into the waters of baptism, He not needing the forgiveness of sins or regeneration, He did it to bless those waters forever and to show us what God would do for all who pass through those waters. On that day, we're told that the Holy Spirit lighted upon him, came upon him as a dove would gently light upon a branch. But then the second thing, the voice of God speaks to all under him. He speaks to those seeing the baptism and he speaks to Satan and all of the demonic powers. And he says something incredible. He says, this is my. When you and I passed through. And those today will pass through the waters of baptism. God Almighty will claim you as a beloved adopted son and daughter. He will claim you away from your enemy. And he will claim you as his own. That from this point forward. If we will let him and remain in him. He will share all of that fatherly blessings of his kingdom. And bestow them upon us. So that we have the riches. Of that very kingdom. The mighty works of God done through baptism began this day of Pentecost. And don't forget what those 3,000 did. The 3,000 who were baptized and then filled with the Holy Spirit, just as were the disciples in that room, they went back to their countries and to their cultures. And Christ Almighty lived and breathed through their flesh and blood. And you know what happened? Christ's holy church spread like wildfire. Like nothing had ever spread before. Throughout all of the known world. Because through their flesh and blood. Now filled with this Holy Spirit. The person of the Trinity. People experience Christ in them. Rather than just their broken selves. My friends the encouragement to you and I who have been baptized this and it says it in scripture i said it earlier the christian life is fanning into flame what god has done for you in baptism to continue to walk now that he with authority cast down your enemy to live a life of authority over sin casting down the temptations he throws at us being the overcomer that Christ was by His grace and only by His grace. And to live a life as such as to become like Him so that everywhere you are, God is and can be experienced by all of those around you. Because when you are given the Holy Spirit, you have now become both a carrier of God Almighty and His salvation, but you have also become a courier of the same One who offers life to all the death around may it be. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.